0: this is is daniel
1: and this is jean and this is a panai podcast to magically disappoint your parents wow Wow. we are (laughs) here (laughs) we're 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 way past our bedtime um for good (laughs) reasons right (laughs) very very good reasons
2: magical reasons super magical supernatural supernatural reasons (laughs) i can't believe we're here um Uh, so I guess we'll like just dig into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so today's episode is part four of a multi-part series where we hardcore nerd out about Trece, the Netflix original based on the Filipino comic series by Budget Tan and Kajo Baldissimo. Uh, for many of us diasporic ding-dongs, I think watching <laughs> Trese is probably <laughs> the first time we've had access to media that is so specifically and supernaturally Filipino. Ooh. And that is available to us on an American platform. So um, Tresse means a lot to me yeah. and to other Americans, I would Filipino Americans, especially. Um, I think uh, some of us like Jean were luckier with uh, having their own Tresse pusher, uh, <laughs> but the rest of us are um, newly introduced to Tresse through Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what kind of chocolate Jean gave Anuna, but <laughs> today we have we are hashtag blessed to have the legendary Pinoy Comics hustler, founding ah. member of Alamat Comics, wow. award-winning writer, co-creator, editor, and definitely partly responsible for this nerd
1: fest
3: Budget time! Oh my
1: goodness. <laughs>
3: Hello, Bruja baddies. Thank you very much for inviting me to this place, this uh, undisclosed place. Unspeakable, unspeakable things.
1: But let's maybe
3: we'll talk about that. Thank you very much for inviting me here.
1: Yeah, Nicole is very good at intros. So you—that's a huge <laughs> honor. You know, when there's like kind of an Emmy for comics someday, I hope Nicole will be their first MC. <laughs> We're putting it out into the universe. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it's blessed. Right. <laughs> It'll um, happen. Our Filipino version of the Eisner Awards, I guess. <laughs> um, oh. So this is your first time meeting us, and so before we do our weekly check-in about our well-being and who, you know, how the week went for us. We'll go around the room and tell you who we are. Um, Nicole, kick us off. Sure. My name is Nicole. Um, I'm
2: a nerd. <laughs> um, I met Jean through school, of course, we're nerds. Um, I love comics, um, I, but I think I'm, like, discovering them more as an adult than in my younger, than as, like, mm-hmm. a younger person um Jean Jean uh I now I'm flustered I was <laughs> <That's thinking. it>. <laughs> <laughs> like now I, I was making fun of you Jean but now <laughs> here I am it backfired um I live in Las Vegas I dress mm-hmm. mannequins for a living mm-hmm. but I'm you know on Ooh. other than that Jean and I and Daniel we have this podcast mm-hmm. and we also have a um a small independent comics and zines festival Mm -hmm. based in las vegas called cozy um and so we kind of do a lot of different things (laughs) um i have a cat i'm really bad at gardening but
1: um (laughs) you know every day we're learning right yes and we love you anyway Ah, (laughs) um and so yeah there's a little bit of literary part to us daniel um what about you
0: hello that's me um my name's daniel um i came to Las Vegas from Alaska um, for a for a teaching gig. So I know all about I know all about the Arcticness of Denmark. (laughs) Um, uh, Let's see. So I'm a teacher. Um, I kind of like what Jean said. I am the like the literary side of Breva Baddies. I do read a lot. Um, Let's see what else. What else can I say? I also have cats. I have two cats. Okay. Um, yeah, we're 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 a cat family here. Um, mine is Jean. Jean yeah. has a dog,
3: but I was about, I was about <laughs> to ask if there's a connection. You know, is there a cat connection. We have happening? familiars. No. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, let's see what else. And I I like to cook. I've been baking a lot of like Filipino flavored um like macarons and like oh. um other stuff. But I'm taking a hiatus because it's it takes too long. Um let's see what else. And um that's all I could think (laughs) of.
1: So I'm Jean. Um I helped co-found this podcast because I was hanging around in classes that I wasn't enrolled in at UNLV. And then I collected um like-minded other uh Filipinos who wanted to have heart to hearts especially the type where we disappoint our parents. (laughs) Um, And then I, you know, in second season, these two joined me and really um, made the show what it is. And so, I mean, I too love comics. Uh, I too do grassroots comics work in terms of building collectives and printing and teaching people how to make comics in the Las Vegas area, originally from Guam, but also Filipino. <laughs>
3: okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're now all based in Vegas.
1: Yes. Yes. You, you,
3: you are in the birthplace of CSI.
1: Yes. <laughs> Just as an investigative, I guess. <laughs>
3: um, I heard I heard that the uh, the there was an article before where they interviewed real life CSIs in Vegas and they said. Um, that that doesn't happen in five minutes as a techno music is playing in the (laughs) background when you go in the lab you're there for like you know weeks but uh but yes anything or anything with the music montage suddenly goes faster right so yes
1: they should cast us instead of the people in
3: the csi show i I would love there should be a pinoy in the next
1: (laughs) We're uh, manifesting that too, as well. So um, let's kick it off with asking how everyone is, and we're going to start with our special guest. How has your week treated
3: you? Wow, you how 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 freely can I talk? (laughs) (laughs) We don't have any major
2: sponsors, (laughs) so you can definitely (laughs) say whatever you
3: want. (laughs) Um. No, it's well. It's uh, it, it was a little rough because uh, I have a five-year-old kid, um, and he got sick uh, mm-hmm. early in the week. Uh, and of course, you know, even though me and my wife have been vac- fully vaccinated, we still can't help but think that, oh, what could this be? Because he, so anyway, so nice. we got it tested. Uh, he's fine, uh, but yeah, it's one of those things that's. Easy, you know, I'm I'm based in Denmark, um, so it's pretty easy to get uh, tested. Over here, uh, you know, they've made sure that you know business is. Uh, they, they're trying to get people back, you know, and encourage people to go out. So if you go to the mall, there's definitely one part there that's been converted into a testing area,
1: yeah, so that
3: you can like get tested and shop. <laughs> if <you want> to. <laughs> How convenient! Um, but there. So um, and and aside from the comic book work, um, I work for Lego. I work for what? the the internal ad agency of lego so uh the week's been pretty good because well we get to play yeah how exciting Um, so um so yeah well of course it's still work at the end of the day but um but yeah we've been playing with a lot of new stuff uh this past week
1: thank you nicole how was your week um i you
2: know (laughs) Pandemic is still like, (laughs) it's rough. (laughs) Um, But I guess like my week was kind of like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think maybe 15 minutes before Jean texted both uh, Daniel and I about, um, about budget confirming to meet with us. I was at a work meeting where maybe like 10, 15 minutes before that, um, someone had laughed at my introduction um, because I I introduced my name and then I said my pronouns and none of my, um, Mm -hmm. none of my managers said anything. So it was like a very Mm -hmm. dehumanizing um, moment. And so like, I just kind of had to check out and just like be on my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this, just knowing that someday we were going to be able to be in conversation with budget was like, a, like really joyful for me in yeah. that moment of like I'm being dehumanized right now <laughs> <Yeah. but laughs> the things there was a light at the end of the tunnel um so you know that was uh it was a good moment for me to think about like what I really um like prioritized in my life it's mm. like the stuff that really brings me joy so um you know like a. Uh, recording this podcast with mm-hmm. my friends and um you know not trying to push a credit card on a customer like, yeah that's what my priorities <laughs> are and so you know I felt really good and then I went to my car and cried for like 40 minutes and then <laughs> and then mm. I drove home <laughs> that's a real
1: thing that's a real thing it was um, rough
2: but here we are
1: here we are on the better end of the week Daniel how are you
0: I'm glad that it's Friday mm-hmm. because the past two weeks, um, have been really stressful. Um, just as a recap. So like the school went back in session two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also now like the librarian of the school with like this project of like revitalizing the library, because it's just been like, in a, in a, in a sense dead for like the past four years. And I was just like, you know what, this is going to be my passion project. Um, I guess, like, underestimated how big this project is. Um, even with, like, 20 volunteers, I'm very, like, there's still a lot to do. And mm-hmm. we're going to be, like, officially opening the library back up on Monday. Yeah, there's still a lot to do. Um, but, like, I'm very hopeful because I really want to get uh, books in the hands of students. Right. And I want them to <laughs> get excited for um, for reading again. Um, I have a list of books already of, like, um, I mean, like a list of books to purchase in the future. And I just want to tell uh, tell everyone, Budget, your books or your comics are definitely on the list. Yay!
1: In the Thank school God. budget. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> I'm going to make sure that we get those books because um, one of my goals this year, too, is to make sure I'm diversifying our collection mm. because a lot of our collection is very um, not diverse. Right. One um, minute. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. okay. <laughs> Uh, And then maybe, maybe I'll even teach your, your, um, your comics uh, in my English class. Oh, fantastic. Thank
3: you. Thank you very much.
1: Way to be an MVP Um, librarian.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, On another note, um, Camille Unko, who was a guest, like, uh, like a few episodes ago, Mm -hmm. um, she's visiting Vegas right now. And we love her. We hung out. We made buko pandan macarons. She took them all. She shared with friends, and she was <laughs> like, "She was like, Daniel, do you want some?" And I'm like, "No, I am sick of macarons. Take them all." <laughs> wow, she's lucky.
1: <laughs> um, you make really good macarons. Um, so on my end, I I think from I think I woke up super early, but I have just been geeking out hardcore. I was going to take a siesta nap before this, and I have not. I'm still running on pure gene energy. Um, I'm fully geeking out because this podcast is a celebrity today. Um, I also ate a burrito that's been hurting my stomach since this morning. <laughs> that's classic me, you know. I thought that a uh, hefty burrito would hold me through, but it's kind of killing me now. Um, but I will say that I have survived this week of teaching in person and I'm looking uh, forward to improv class tomorrow morning. Um, yeah, for some jokes. So you're you're
2: running on energy. Energy, ah. energy, oh.
1: my next brand of comics. Just that, <laughs> that could be
2: yes. like your your um, like your energy drink, right? Is right. like energy. Oh.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. So like, if, if you want like a morning boost, it could be like energy and then like a <laughs> night boost would be Energy.
1: Yeah. Okay, I'm going to recruit you all for my pyramid scheme when this <laughs> launches. <laughs> and that's that.
3: Sounds great to me. (laughs) (laughs) We'll
1: we'll send you a case.
3: Yes.
2: (laughs) So I think, like, let's start off with um, first things first. Is there any aspect of budget to your comics or advertising career that may have magically disappointed your parents or parental Ah. figures in your life?
3: Oh, wow. Good question. (laughs) Huh. Hmm. <laughs> no, I'm trying to. I mean, <clears throat> I think I've been lucky that to to have such had you know uh, supportive parents. Um, mm. My dad, <clears throat> my dad, my dad passed away in 1999. Wow. Um, he was a broadcaster. He was into TV. He produced TV shows. He ran a TV station. Um, And there was a time when I was helping him out. I was part of that business. Um, So, um, but I, so yeah, so, so I don't know. I mean, but he never, I mean, he would, he he invited me to be part of the company and I helped out whenever I could. But at, you know, but whenever I would like say, you know, oh, I'm going to do this comic book thing. You know, he, I never got the whole, you know, you know stop, stop your crazy talk and come here, right? You know, <laughs> stick to a, a nine-to-five job. He, I never got that talk from wow. him. But But, yeah, I mean, I couldn't help. There was one time we had a meeting with um, some a movie producer, and uh, the one running the meeting was his son. And, you know, the son might have been either my age or a bit older, and I could see this father and son tandem happening at the mm. meeting. And I just couldn't help but think, you know, and I, by, by this time, you know, my dad had passed away. I was like thinking, is this is this what my dad had in mind for me? But mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't get to do it. Um, so I don't know if that was, you know, uh, I couldn't really say if it was a disappointment. I mean, when I published my first comic book, I gave it to my dad. And my dad, who's a speed reader, just goes, uh, that's good. And he like points the side. Wow. <laughs> that's real, though. That's so real. That is so real. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, uh, well, that's a good question. I'll, I'll think about, you know, my mom, uh, uh, my mom's still in Manila, and, you know, she's still very supportive. And, yes, she's still the mom where, you know, whatever I show her, she would say, oh, that's so beautiful, son. Wow. That's a great, great work, you know, so. And a lot of my stories came from my mom, you know. I, I think a lot of the supernatural, freaky stuff came from my mom's stories. So, yes, I'm, you know. Uh, wow, that's so yeah, cool to that, credit her. Yeah, so at no point, I mean, I, yeah, she, we, we didn't experience that type of like, oh, you have to be a doctor or lawyer or mm. anything like that. Um, so, yeah, and and both of them were, were the types that... Um, would you know uh, um, asking for a new toy was always a big you know debate but if if we asked for a book or a comic book then you know they would, it was they would gladly you know uh, wow. get that one so
1: okay i'm taking parenting tips over here yeah for the next pro, gen uh, all right honestly,
2: pro tips ask your parents
1: <laughs> for some graphic novels
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: ps5 maybe not no. graphic novels
0: Boom! You got them. Wow. I'm just like imagining kids like like everywhere, but for some reason, I'm just thinking the Philippines like going to like the national bookstore and mm-hmm. just like carrying graphic novels. Ooh, yeah. I love that image.
1: I'd love to have a national bookstore here rather than Barnes. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. Dean. I can't believe you're gonna open one. I know. I guess so. <laughs> I guess it's all on me.
2: Now. It's gonna be in Las Vegas. That's
0: happening. <laughs>
1: franchise
0: all right so moving on to the next question um and i believe nicole did this research um so here's the next question according to comicsmuseum.com oh wow you grew up in a haunted house um so our questions are and this is like a very layered question um why the use of myths for uh for this comic um, do you have a favorite myth and do any of them scare
3: you? Oh, <laughs> uh, favorite myth. Um, <clears throat> hmm. I think, I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, what, what quickly comes to mind were the things that left, uh, uh an impression on me when I was a kid whether it scarred me for life or not, I don't know. But, um, um, the two of, I mean, there's the Mananangal and the Tikbal.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: now that I think about it, it was through movies that I first learned about them. Funnily enough, it wasn't in school. It wasn't, you know, <clears throat> it wasn't in books. But yeah, there was a, there was a Shake, Rattle and Roll it was of course one of the first movies yeah. to show Manananggal. classic. Um and um and then there's a and somebody just uh, sent me a link uh or posted a link on Facebook for a Dolphy movie called Once Upon a Time. Uh oh, where wow. he used to use a tikbalang. <laughs> um it's somebody uploaded the whole movie now on YouTube. <laughs> uh of course it's perfectly legal to do that. uh but it's <laughs> great it's there, you know, it's it, Dolph is there Richard Gomez is there and it's about uh, and funnily enough and it is my first time to realize the magic portal from the fantasy world to our world is in a mall so it turns out even back then you know they were doing urban fantasy stuff mm-hmm. um, and and probably because I don't know it was uh, a, a, an exchange deal with the mall right you know feature the new mall and get <laughs> It, I'm sure there was a deal there somewhere because it was the brand new mall back in the 80s. But anyway, yeah, so Dolly was at Iqbala and somehow he traveled through a magic portal and appeared in Alimol, in Alimol in Cubao. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, those those two were the ones that stuck to me and it was only later on that I started to like read up and, and you know, research about them. Um, and and of course, the, the, the first time I've ever heard of you know the, of a Nuno or a Duende was you know while walking around our neighborhood I would be told to say Tabi, tabi Po you know mm-hmm. when we pass by a tree and then there's like a mound of dirt there or if I attempt to pee on the tree and then <laughs> they would like say, you, know, you must say Tabi Tabi Po first right and then they would explain to me the you know the whole concept of a Nuno or a Duende but yeah those are our, oh, and going back to the Mananangal, in the 80s there was a Mananangal scare so there were some Manananggal sightings in Manila during the mid-80s. So as a kid, I would see my dad reading the newspaper or the tabloid, and the headline was, Manananggal seen in Sao Paulo. You know, Manananggal attacks teenagers. So mm-hmm. these started to, you know, were like, it, it, for as a kid, you know, you're exposed to all of these things. You're going, so they are real. <laughs> you know, that's the main thought, right? Um, and then going back to your, uh, the, your, your, your first uh, uh, little tidbit about me is, yeah, I, uh, I grew up in a haunted house. And, you know, we, by the time I had started to understand what was happening, we had moved out of that house. Oh, but, wow. you know, my mom would tell these stories every time there's a visitor at the house, she would talk about the time we lived in the haunted house. And and again for me it was like, oh, so there that there are ghosts, there are mananangal and there are Nuno, you know, so it just made it feel like what a what an interesting place we live in. So yeah, so so you know, this this feeling of magic is right around the corner or it's inside your house <laughs> is uh, something I grew up with.
0: You know, just hearing about like the Mananangal. Um, the Nuno and um, you know like just a haunted house um, I'm sure like at 7 in the morning in Denmark it's just like fine but here in Vegas when it's already 10 p.m. and dark I'm kind of oh, getting no. like goosebumps
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, yeah I, I'm i still tripping over a newspaper sighting <laughs> I'd be like can we move out can can we leave the country now can
3: they're out, they're out there. They're real. Um, but the interesting thing is that, so one of the things that also uh, fed into into the, in the stories I'm telling is uh, the newspapers kept reporting on Aswang sightings. Wow. Right? So, and they would be, they more often than not, they're like, they're the story on page four on a little corner of the newspaper. And they would talk about, and some of them are really gruesome. Some of them are like, Murders that happened because they thought their neighbor was an asshole. Um, oh, wow! So, um, and it would be, it would be, you know, those would be the types of crime reports that would end up in the paper. So, you know, it's, it it does make you think. You know, it's uh, if you were, you know, and it, this is like a major. This is that. This is not a tabloid, but a major newspaper. So, mm. in a tabloid, I would of course understand you want to have that headline that gets the, the readers, right? So you should either put, you know, Manananggal or like, of course in the U.S. it would be like, aliens, return yeah. or
1: And Mr. legitimate aliens, yeah.
3: yeah. But, in, but in the Philippines, it would be all about aswang. But this is like the Philippine Daily Inquirer reporting about an aswang attack happening in, or they would say like a farmer complaining that suddenly all of his uh, goats uh, were found dead, but only the liver was missing uh in the goats right so it's like that's a very picky dog if the dog only ate you know a, a liver. <laughs> uh, or somebody was actually saying oh it's an el chupacabra it's an el chupacabra doing in manila well he might have moved to manila and now he likes there were good likes, uh, flight go- uh, prices <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: the cost of living was better
3: yeah. yeah yeah, exactly exactly and you know we maybe we have better tasting goats in, in Manila <laughs> but there so it would end up in the paper right and they would obviously say a, is a swamp attack question mark you know <laughs> and essentially they were reporting about dead goats right so but they but editors and reporters keep reporting about it right if you were mm-hmm. a sensible editor you would say that's nonsense <laughs> don't put that in the paper. But we Pinois just keep putting it because it's like, yeah, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> we have to report about it. People <laughs> need to know there's an assualt out there.
1: I'm curious if that section still exists in 2021. You know, like yeah,
3: there... exactly. So that now that you know, uh, I have not. That's a that's a very good point. I don't know if there's a way to like uh, check the Inquirer. Uh, Google files. it. Later. <laughs> the editor has changed, but. Yes, thank you for reminding me. I shouldn't check. Or
2: maybe the Aswangs got real jobs. <laughs> well, also, I'm I'm wondering, like, do the Aswangs get COVID? Oh. Is like another. That, let's put that in for your oh. your next uh, your next story. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Some ideas. Or, or maybe the Aswangs became journalists themselves,
3: and they're oh. like, mm, no. oh my gosh, just oh. like
1: Inception over. <laughs> <laughs>
3: they decided to start you know <laughs> we're not gonna run this story <laughs>
1: yeah. we can't let
3: people know we exist and go, go go report about that celebrity again.
1: <laughs> um it's so really
3: um
1: th- i know that you've answered this before in your comics but for the sake of new uh readers and watchers of the series um why standalone series why did you choose that
3: one was i didn't think we'd Ever get to do another issue after doing one issue? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and and second, it was uh, there was a there was an article written uh, by Warren Ellis, um, and he said um, there's too much uh, continuity problems in comics today. Mm. Um, so you know if you're a fan of the X-Men and you go to the if you've seen the X-Men movie or the cartoon and you go into a comic book store and you see it's already issue 371 it's kind of daunting Mm -hmm. to pick up 371 and wonder do I need to pick up the other 300 issues (laughs) right Mm. Um, so he talked about uh, the need for uh, he called it pop comics where it's essentially a call you know you pick up the comic book, you read it, and just in case you never enter another comic book store in your life, you've read a good story, right? Leave the reader with a good story, um, and, um, that, 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 a good reading experience for that matter.
1: Right.
3: So that's what I kept in mind in telling uh, the Tres stories. And yeah, there was a great love for episodic, uh, the episodic structure of a CSI or mm. uh, an X-Files, um but but if even in watching those shows you would see like a character art right mm-hmm. it's episodic in terms of the case but uh the, the 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 characters the detectives or whoever they they might be you would see these you know them develop throughout a season um so there so um when again when kajo invited me to to create a comic book with him um, I just thought of that first Tresce story, which was the White Lady of Ballet Drive,
1: mm.
3: um, and it was a story that the the idea of of what happens if somebody murders a ghost came to me in two thousand and two, but and I tried writing several drafts of it, but I couldn't finish it. Mm-hmm. So it was only in two thousand and five when Kajo said, "Give me any script, and I will draw it in twenty days." But you need to make sure it's only twenty pages. So I found that old story, and I and then it the the deadline and the limitation of the twenty pages freed me to tell a story. Oh. because when I didn't have that twenty-page limitation and Kajo didn't give me like you know give it to me in a week or two weeks. I was like taking my own sweet time and I was thinking, this is going to be the 200 page epic graphic novel I'm going to write. <laughs> and it needs to be perfect. Chapter one. <laughs> and, it's like, and I couldn't continue, right? So, funnily enough, given limitations and guardrails, freed me to tell a 20 page story. And I gave it a beginning, middle, and end. And I gave it to Kajo and um and true enough every day he would send me a page and after 20 days we had our 20 pages and then kajo said okay where's the next story and that's when i wrote that that's when i realized oh wow this can actually happen we can actually do a monthly comic book Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Uh, and that's when i started to write down a list and it was just really a list of issue two tikbala, issue three (laughs) you know Fire demon-ish, you know. So it was uh, a list of, of the creatures that I wanted Treset to investigate. It was a list of urban legends that I wanted Treset to find answers to. And, and again, you know, going back to the white lady, you know, ask your uncle, ask your father and grandfather. They have their own story of why the white lady of Balete Drive is there. And they are sure to their hearts that's the reason why she's there. Right, It changes, and, and the legend of the white lady has been around since the 50s. So for me, writing that story of the white lady of the balleted drive was my way of saying this is why she's there. I am writing her secret origin. I am writing the secret reason why she haunts that road. Um, and, and so that, you know, and everyone else can have their own story
1: wow i I'm just I've just gathered so much like one I've learned just right now that you can write something and it can revisit you in a moment when you have great pairing and great energy, which is what Kajo provided and two like um, how daunting we kind of um, make projects that are supposed to be fun but become work and so yeah, thank you for that that's um, more than the answer that I. I just that was such a, <laughs> so great.
2: Um, so I I wonder now that we're at this moment with uh, Netflix and um, ablaze mm. carrying. Tresse, I say? How has your life changed since then? <laughs> I know it's loaded. <laughs> but uh, so like are Filipinos in Denmark? Um, Denmark Pinos? De- Dana Dana Pinos? <laughs> Are they are they asking you for autographs?
3: (laughs) No, uh, no, no. But but um, uh, I was in. uh, So I I live in Billund, which is where Lego was born, and you know it's amazing. So in Billund we have the Lego House. So it is an it is a um, it's an it's a huge building where you can just play with Lego all day right um so anyway point is um my son wanted so essentially it is my there are no malls (laughs) here in in bilund so uh uh, that's my favorite that's my son's favorite play place right so we go there and we are on the roof and even the rooftop of lego house has been converted into playgrounds and stuff and um so we're walking from area to area and then in the next playground i see a Filipino family, and you know, it, it and you have that you know instant recognition when you're in a foreign land and you see another Pinoy, and so, <laughs> hey, <laughs> right? You just, you just nod and raise your eyebrows, like, okay, he's Pinoy, she's Pinoy. And like, I, you know, I'm, I'm with my people. Uh, you know, so, and 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 usually it's, it's a very casual of, Hi, you know. But as as we kept as we kept walking to that area of the playground, the guy who was with his kids, he was just smiling at me, and then by the time I got really close, he goes, "Si Bajit Kano.
1: <laughs>
2: Oh, dang! Wow. Nice.
3: And yeah, it was because they watched uh, Trese and they watched Trese After Dark, and yeah, they're from the other city. Came to to Bilon to go to Lego House and. <laughs> and, he, and then he was like, ah, pwede mo pa picture And then he calls all of his kids, picture tayo, picture tayo. Mm-hmm. And then his son goes, dad, who is this guy? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh. you ruined it for me, kid. <laughs> so it's like, from a high to like, I'm nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nobody, kid. Your dad just wants a random picture <laughs> with a random stranger with a fellow Filipino. <laughs> That's um, but I mean, so I think that's the craziest thing that's happened since, uh, since, oh, well, I did get to meet, um, funnily enough, I suddenly got an invitation from the ambassador, the Philippine ambassador to Denmark. Wow. He's a really cool guy. Um, uh, um, uh, you know, and he, so, so we got to meet up with him. We got to visit him in his house, met his wife, had lunch, and they served, uh, Pinoy, uh, you know, lunch for us. Um, and... Wow. Uh, when he was based in, so he was also the um, uh, he wasn't ambassador yet. He was the the consul in LA, um, and and he was telling us about their projects with Apple the app mm-hmm. while he was there. Um, uh-huh. So now that he's in Denmark, you know he's really trying to find ways to tell the Filipino story to 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 the Danish people, and you know he was talking about we need to tell the story of our, you know, we need to not just, uh, it's not just about our history. We need to make them aware of our culture. Uh, We -hmm. need to make them aware of our arts.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Um, So even in his house, he has a little corner filled with Filipino artwork and Filipino handicrafts and things like that. So whenever he has visitors, They can, you know, show this is what the Philippines is all about. You know, you might he he says, sure. And, you know, you might watch the news and you see all of the bad stuff happening in the Philippines. You know, how things aren't working properly. But we've got 7,100 islands and this is what our country has to offer for you. So Mm. and and he was just thinking, you know, um, you know, that's that's the same thing he was thinking about. Uh, he was comparing Trese to there was a project done by the Danish embassy, by the Philippine embassy in the Danish government where uh, turns out that Rizal uh, was inspired by uh, Hans Christian Andersen's work. Um, wow. So they, they published a book about how uh, Rizal translated uh, some of uh, Hans Christian Andersen's uh, fairy tales and uh, what was that journey like? So, so yeah. I mean, again, it yeah. was it was great to hear somebody from Philippine government <laughs> who truly, you know, uh, uh, you know where our history and arts and culture really matter, and how we can uh, use that to make the rest of the world know who we are,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
3: and not mm-hmm. just be, you know, the, the the, the the headlines that other people would normally read about, and get get them to understand. You know, this is what Pinoys are all about.
1: Wow, wow! Really teaching us about like stewardship and like what a full circle with the whole Denmark and Filipino connection. Like, wow, wow!
2: So so here's another pitch. <laughs> 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 Alexandra has to go to Denmark for some reason. <laughs> Ooh. we got maybe like maybe a serena is in denmark
1: <laughs> we uh she gotta be scary though scary serena yeah
0: <laughs> well i wonder if there's any like overlap on like nordic and like filipino mythologies
1: they're... They're... <sighs> he's gotta break out some books now <laughs> yeah. i
3: mean you know they've got of course they're their version of a of, everyone, everyone, wow. everybody has Ascena. So sorry, this is a book called The Vesen, which is, I think, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> uh, but th- this is a compilation of yeah, uh, Scandinavian, Nordic uh, wow. uh, features, from, from their features of their pictures of folklore. Um, no, it was, it was the, I was about the for goodness sakes. They've got, you know, they've got... Oh, a, they have
1: their own you name, know.
3: I mean, uh-huh. so, they have a, so they have their own versions of the duende and the giant, and, you know, and giants as well. Um, their duende is almost as playful as our duende. Their, their duende is called the nise. Mm.
2: Um,
3: and usually it, it kind of reminds me, when they tell me the story of the nise, it kind of reminds me of, uh, I think in, in the U.S., it's now converted to the elf on the shelf. Mm-hmm, so the Nisei mm-hmm. are little people who live in between the walls of your house, and they come out during holidays, during your during Christmas season, and they uh, you know check if you're being naughty or nice. So it, it's funny how you know the it's the same ingredients of the story, yes. just getting mixed different ways. The moment it ends up in different countries, um, interestingly enough, uh, 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 another uh, Filipina here. She's been here longer than us. She wrote a storybook about a niece who was supposed to travel to the North Pole, ended up in the Philippines.
1: Oh, (laughs) I love it. We have to get that. And she
3: meets a duende. And of course, it's a story about how she learns how the Philippines celebrates Christmas. Uh, And of course, at first, the the niece is like, oh, it's so hot in this country. (laughs) And she's like saying, uh, when we travel, we, we have, uh, what's that, we have gingerbread cookies and, uh, and, and hot milk. And then the wind comes, oh, we have Puto and we have Salamate. Uh, oh, wow. uh, so it was, it was a very nice story that, uh, which, which I think, you know, it would be great to, to see more of these intersections. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if if, um, um, if Trese would travel to Denmark, that's a good question. We are currently writing a story where she travels to Indonesia. Ooh,
1: mm-hmm. not going to
3: be in the next book? If she travels to Denmark, there is. So whenever the fog comes, and then uh, especially if there's a low mist, uh, because we're in the countryside. This is mm-hmm. the the other side of Denmark. You know, not the big cities. They say that the bog lady is cooking soup. So oh. Somewhere in the middle of the forest is this, you know, uh, 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 a giant lady with a giant pot, and she's like cooking soup. And that's why the whole land gets covered up with fog and mist. Uh, so, yeah, maybe, maybe she sounds like a pretty good informant for this. So <laughs> yeah. You mm-hmm. might just look for the bog lady to find some uh, creature or some <laughs> ingredient that she might need for a spell.
2: I I wonder if uh, Alexandra just wanted to take a month off, (laughs) go to Legoland, maybe get a tour, and then all of a sudden she smells, and she smells this um, sinigang, and it's this (laughs) giant. um, Yeah, she's just walking. She's like, "What? I'm on vacation, y'all. This is supposed to be self care." And then she gets dragged into another another case,
3: another case.
2: Um, that's,
3: a, that's a great way to get her attention. Just you know, cook Pinoy food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it works for like, all of
0: us. I'm also imagining like Alexandra stopping by like Sweden to go get like uh Bahe Kubo like from IKEA.
3: <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, you know, there's there's something magical about the names of IKEA products, right? So they <laughs> sound like you know really rare ingredients that you would find in faraway places so yeah maybe maybe the ikea manual turns out to be if you flip it backwards if you build it backwards
1: <laughs>
3: it will it becomes a portal to some other place there's
1: a lot of million dollar ideas coming through today's episode <laughs> people are taking notes like <laughs> people are like preparing pitches to uh, you um I you know with you talking about the intersections you make me think about how the how myths um you know we think kind of monstrous you know like oh they're the enemy but now you make me think with what's happening in Denmark what happens in our culture like it's really just a check on humanity right like maybe just testing us in a way that we need to understand our humanity better um which really comes through with your stories and the story you just shared with us about Um, the elf you know like just checking on like are we bad humans or good humans and I guess when before reading Tresse, and I'm just like oh no they're gonna get me they're gonna get me
3: (laughs) I mean it it does I think it it did get boiled down to to something as it got simplified too much Mm -hmm. right I mean eventually the Aswang was uh, they're, yeah, they're coming to get, you know, stay in bed, they're coming to get you. Come home early or they will come and get you. Uh, come home before the sun sets or else <laughs> they will come and get you. But, you know, uh, they, uh, there was a period of time when, uh, at, li- at least in, in the books of Maximo Ramos, for example, I mean, aswang is another way to describe uh, people with bad intentions. Mm-hmm. And aswang was the other way to describe Someone with magical powers, and not necessarily, you know, the blood-sucking, you know, vampiric type creature. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it is, you know, it. uh, I'm, I'm sure along the way a lot of details got lost, and it just became the thing that you tell to scare your kids with, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, so, but yeah, it is more often than not, uh, and and for most of them, yeah, it's it's a. It's like, don't do this or else, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there are so many, like uh, the Oriol. The Oriol is, which we used in one of the books. It did not come out in the anime. Uh, is, a, is a snake demon that takes the guise of a beautiful woman to lure men into the water. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I guess in the olden days, you're, you know, guys would be walking past a river or a lake and see a beautiful woman bathing, and she would, like, bring, you know, come with me, bathe with me. And, of course, guys are stupid. They will go, yes, I'm going to go bathe with you. And then she turns into the snake and, like, ah, and speaks them, right? Cause it's like a woman in the middle of nowhere inviting uh, me. What to an icon! <laughs> I'm gonna jump it, you know. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's it's essentially it's like you know don't you know it was, don't talk to strangers, don't talk to don't talk to the to the fair skinned people, don't mm. talk to the white skinned people,
1: mm. or the
3: reverse of it. It's you know don't talk to the dark skinned tall man that smokes a cigar. Right. So, you know, they're from faraway lands. You don't know what they're, you know, you don't know what harm they might bring. Right. Mm -hmm. So and then it just became, oh, yeah, you know, the guy might have been just six feet tall. He was 10 feet tall. (laughs) (laughs) His eyes burned with coal. It was like, you were drunk, people. You were drunk. (laughs) my friend from India. You know, we don't know. We don't know what was happening at that time. And these stories just later on became, you know, uh, exaggerated to the point that it became simplified. Yes. So,
1: we love our chismis, you know. We love to share it. <laughs> <laughs> we love
3: to make it colorful. That's a good point. Our folklore is fueled by chismis. That's a very good
0: point. How do you even say, that say
3: that? like yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I would even say like the the maarte, like aspect of our culture is very much in like all of our stories too.
1: Yes, we love to uh, animate and storytell. Live, it's a live show. It's a live show <laughs> at any party.
3: <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. Some someone just needs to to yeah exactly my my my, again going back to my mom you know every time she tells the story of the haunted house it's it's a one-act play you know it's (laughs) and she would tell it in the same intonation with the same emphasis on on certain things so that's why for me it was like yeah you know it's it's this story again (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it is very pinoy that's a good point
0: um so budget we want to ask you about um of course, like your fans, um, do you have a favorite Trece fan art or cosplay?
3: Oh, um, fan art. What? <laughs> Sorry. So what? 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 Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what first came to mind. But I'll tell you the the one that I like. Um, um uh, Shelley. Shelley. Uh, Shelley Soneja. Uh, uh, did a very pulp. Uh, it you know it looks like a 1950s. Uh, cover art for a pulp uh, mystery book um, I'll try to find it and send it to you guys Yay. but but the other fan art that I've been seeing too much uh, um, are the of, of the Kambal without clothes <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> they shouldn't have been so sexy <laughs>
3: <laughs> there are a inst- lot of them I'm on Instagram I search for hashtag present like you know, Naked Basilio, Naked, uh, you know, and Naked uh, Maliksi. Then you've got, you know, then they're shipping. The interesting thing that came out of the anime, they started to ship the Emissary. You know, Emissary who is minding her own business. She's just a messenger. Now she's being, she's being shipped with, with Trese. She's being shipped with the Wind People. With, with the Kambal. You know, it's... it's um yeah. That's how you know but, you made it. <laughs> it. It's amazing. It's amazing how much time and energy and their fantastic artwork, you know. Mm. Uh, um, oh, yeah. Somebody came up with the, it, it's digitally painted, but it looks like, you know, it's um, uh, done with, with traditional paint. But it's, yeah, she, the this particular artist, oh, I forget her name now. But in her Instagram, it's all of the guys from Tresse without shirts
1: oh we need that account we need to
3: (laughs) i'm searching
2: up trece
0: right now
2: (laughs) yeah the horny on maine uh artists are it's a really good moment for like we feel really seen as filipinos (laughs) in this moment like representation really matters (laughs) but also um you know even though the united states is getting today i say like way like years later I am very grateful for all the fan artists and, mm-hmm. and the content creators that, ha- that have been making stuff because then it's mm-hmm. like, we don't have to wait. Like when stuff first comes out, we don't have to wait. It's like already there. So this is a, a playground
3: for nerds.
1: Yes. Yeah. Shout
3: cosplay- out, y'all. It was interesting to see. Uh, I think I saw my, the first, when I say cosplayer, that's based in the U.S., uh, because of course, you know there, there have been cosplayers here, but yeah, I mean it was it's it's interesting to see. And she was she I, she was talking about how uh, it's it was great to feel that pe- some people. Act, and she went to a comic con. She went to a recent comic con, and uh, some people recognized who she was cosplaying, and for the others who didn't know, they would ask. So you know, who are you dressed as? And it got them interested in 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 the book, so or in the anime, so. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's also one of the interesting, uh, I- you know, effects of. Uh, right.
1: Sure. Cosplayers m- are like MVPs, too, for sure. Um, so our next question is, did you ever envision uh, where you are today in terms <gasps> of.
2: <laughs> did you think that being an intern at your dad's television studio, (laughs) that this is where you'd end up talking to these three Americans
3: (laughs) on Zoom? Um, I I wouldn't have predicted this exact moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, mean, uh, obviously, when we started to do comics, I think and we started to do comic books back in 1994. Um, and we, um, I think we were able to get our comic books solicited in, in uh, Diamond. Diamond, of course, is the was <laughs> the biggest distributor of comics uh, before the pandemic. <clears throat> uh, we got it solicited in Diamond maybe in 96. Um, but we didn't get enough orders (laughs) from the United States. But the point is that, you know, back then, when we got solicited, that's when our heads exploded and we went, oh, this is it. We're gonna... Our comic book will finally get to America, and it's gonna be read by thousands of people. And then, yeah, like, uh, uh, 30 days later, we were told, oh, not enough people ordered your book, so we're, we're not gonna order it at all. I think you needed to meet, like, I don't know, five hundred or like a thousand orders to, to, to get stuff done. But you know, but but even then, uh, and and then of course we fi- we meet, uh, we find out that Will Sportasho is Filipino, and we mm-hmm. get to meet him later on. So again, the thought of wow, Pinoy got into Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it is possible for for Pinoy's to to get into Marvel or DC. Um, so. So yeah, the thought of, you know, can our work travel has always been a dream, right? Um, um, But yeah, I mean, for me after, you know, from what, 95 to around 2000, 2001, I think that's when I like, uh, I self-published four issues of a comic book. Mm -hmm. Um, Ended up with a stack of them in my room that wasn't getting Mm -hmm. sold. Um, eventually, we started to just you know sell them at half the price or like you know at ninety percent discount. <laughs> <laughs> and then at one comic con, I just had like I don't know like fifty copies left. I decided to give it away <laughs> to people at the entrance. Um, so when Kajo said again, you know, going back to that moment of Kajo saying let's make a comic book, um, in my head I. Uh, my thinking was let let's do it because just you know let's do it for fun because we were both in advertising and 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 being in advertising means you have to live with rejection every day, mm. right? You come up with an idea for a TV commercial and you pitch it to your partner and your partner says, Hey, eh, I've seen that before," right? And finally, you agree on something, you pitch it to your boss and your boss will say, that's it, come up with something else. <laughs> and finally, when you get your boss to agree, you pitch it to client, right? And even client might say, yeah, that's nice, but we wanted something else or, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then when you finally get it produced, you put it out on TV or the internet, and people say, you know, give it like a thumbs down, or yeah. it like, you know. So it, it's, you're getting rejected every, you know, at every corner of your creation process. So for me at that time, you know, it was like, let's make this comic book for the heck of it. You know, there was no business plan. Mm-hmm. There was no grand dream to like, this is the comic book that's going to get us into, we're going to get interviews. <laughs> yeah, um, it was like let's do it because this is this is the piece of work we will do and no one else needs to approve this mm. this is the work we will do and I I don't need to seek your approval and you don't need to seek my approval that was that was the unwritten that was the unspoken deal between me and Kajo because Kajo just said give me a script and I will draw it and he he didn't know he didn't know I was going to toss him trece Right, Mm -hmm. he just said any script, give me any script. So um, and when I did that, whenever I get artwork from Kajo, I rarely ask him to change stuff Mm -hmm. because again, it's this whole thought of like I'm writing this because this is fun for me, I want you to draw it. And for me, it's like that's the biggest thing. Can I write something that will get Kajo excited to draw Mm. this scene or this character or this moment, right? And Kajo is thinking the same thing, you know, he said it before, like, when he draws this, when he draws this scene, can he make it, you know, uh, interesting enough that, that by the time I get it, then I'm also excited to continue the story. Because when I get the artwork from Kajo, that's when I start rewriting stuff. There might be stuff where I like, okay, I don't need all of these words here, because he's drawn such a, you know, a fantastic page. I don't need to say so much. I don't want to cover up, you know, all of the things that he said, or sometimes he'll draw it a different way from a different angle. And then that's when I add, you know, stories. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so yes, very long winded answer to no, we had no idea we'd ever get to this spot right now. No, we did not have any idea that it would get picked up by Netflix. Because there was no Netflix back in mm-hmm. 2005. But, but even then, it was like, um, uh, before, before we met Tanya Yuson, there were already, thankfully, there were people who, because we worked in advertising, there were people who said, oh, this could be a great TV show. But, you know, for, for me and Kajo, it was more of like, let's do the next issue. It wasn't like, let's make this so we can pitch it. It was really, uh, this is our work. We do it uh, for ourselves. And then after it's done, we share it. Let's mm-hmm. share it to as many people as we could possibly can. Um, and again, you know, when, when we started, we just photocopied 30 mm. copies, 50 copies, because I, I didn't want a repeat of what happened to me. Right before where like I printed a thousand copies of those comic books and it took me you know too long to to, to sell them again so I just said mm-hmm. we'll print enough to give to friends and to put it in one store um, and eventually it was like oh maybe we can give it to the other store and eventually we were like in three stores and eventually you know it just started to grow then Until it came to a point, um, Visprint publishing came along. Um, And before Visprint, just to give it context, no one was publishing comics. Mm
0: -hmm. The
3: big Pinoy, uh, the big Tagalog comics company shut down. Uh, The biggest publishing company was either publishing textbooks or history books, some fiction the occasional book of poetry you know so no one was publishing comics wow. uh, maybe uh, there, there was an uh, adarna published one or two graphic novels but it wasn't in succession so um so there so so this print was the one that started to publish uh jaja's carlo vergaras Jaja Zaturna, and manix abrera's kiko machine which is a, co- a, a comic strip and then they published David Honteveros's Penumbra horror novels. Seeing that come from one uh, publishing company made me think, "Wow, that's no one's doing that. Mm-hmm. This publisher is seeing something that the others aren't." And and by that time, me and Kajo already had seven stories. Wow. Um, and so we pitched it, and uh, and they said yes, and we got published. Um, by this spirit.
1: Wow, well, I mean, just creating on the, its purest form, right? I think, I think especially living in social media day and age, everything is so curated on top of like trying to make, get followers and like this, your story, your origin story reminds me of like, why not just do it for fun? Like, I think that fun has been sucked out and curated out of anything. So yeah, thanks for teaching us that.
2: And it's like a real testament to just how um you know you do something because you love it
1: mm-hmm.
2: and not and to not seek other people's approval, and that's if it's a really good story, then folks will follow it,
1: yeah, yeah, and that that you you went back to the basics in terms of like just printing stuff you know when we think about comics, especially like also as somebody who draws and creates it's like. So many of my peers are like, we have to be at the Marvel and DC level. And then it's to the point where our stories are truly lost, like in terms of where we are ethnically or where we grew up. And um, then we fall into the that template that Marvel and DC have created, which is, which sometimes lacks innovation. And that's where Tressé filled in. Um, wow, I just, I, I think it's really beautiful. And I think our listeners will have such a joy of knowing that um, what you can create has its own trajectory. And even that trajectory doesn't matter. It's in the moment of like enjoyment. So yeah, thank you.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I mean, we've seen it with, uh, what's his name? I don't have this book here. There's a Filipino, I think he's based in the US but he started uh, to uh, upload on Instagram his uh, pen and ink drawings that he does on his mole skin. Um, I forget his name anyway so he would he would do that every day he would and again it was for him it was a personal art and he would it was really super detailed um uploaded on Instagram and eventually he had like 100 drawings on on his Instagram and somehow and I don't know if he pitched it or was he found by a publisher but all of it he, he had enough drawings that a publisher said you know let's let's publish this and they mm-hmm. published it in the, uh, and made it look like a moleskin. skin. Uh, so mm-hmm. when you pick it up, it feels like you're really opening his moleskin skin with all of his illustrations inside. And because of that, he then started to get, um, you know, brands and sponsors started to get him, you know, can you illustrate our packaging? Can you illustrate mm-hmm. something for our store? Uh, and during the, the crazy days of, Ad, of, of uh, coloring books for adults, right? Well, like that mm-hmm. happened like five years ago, yeah. six years ago, his artwork also became, but again, that's, I mean, just going back to the point of like, you know, he didn't think I am going to draw on this moleskin and become a movie <laughs> color, you know, illustrator in, in I mean, it is it is a mix of it. I mean, I, I do think that um, the, the other side of the story is that when we finally had enough issues, me and Kadjo did not stop promoting it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: right? So we, we ended up, one of the first places that uh, we got invited to, uh, which back then sounded uh, strange, um, uh, we got invited to an anime convention in Manila. So, and, and we were the only comic book, right? So everyone else in that convention were Pinoy's who made manga, you know, their own version of manga. And we were the comic book guys. And it was because the organizers had read Dresse and he said, hey, I'm organizing an anime event. Come over <laughs> to, to, to our event. Um, and yeah, so, you know, we, we got invited and, and again, we got the... You know, people were wondering, you know, they were like walking down the booth and it's like manga, manga, manga. Hey, what is this comic book here? <laughs> you know, it, it, it didn't look manga, but but yeah, now it would make sense. If we got invited again to that same event, it would make sense to be part of it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a matter of putting it out there and, you know, uh, um, you know, take, taking the time and energy to get it in front of um. Uh, as many people as possible once the work is done
0: mm-hmm.
3: the other part of the work is is still promoting it. yes right um uh the, that whole you know build it and they will come is uh <laughs> you no know, you know kevin costner should have put up a billboard to to get more people to come to his field of dreams right <laughs> so it's still you still need to work to 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 get i mean had we, it's highly possible in an alternate reality, me and Kajo are still happily producing 13 photocopying 30 copies, <laughs> because we never bothered to pitch it to Visper. right? We we could be, you know, happily producing issue number I don't know 50 already, and we're just still photocopying it, <laughs> and we would be fine, right? You know, right. Be, Because that was the whole goal of it, but. But, yeah, it was also like looking up and checking what's happening now. Who is willing to take a risk with me mm-hmm. to tell this story? Because you still need, you know, uh, we, you still need to collaborate and, and find the right partners to get your story yeah. out there. Right. Um, and, and yes, and it goes back to you will have to deal with a lot of rejection. So I think adver- that's what I'm thankful for, I guess, uh, being in advertising. It prepared me and Kajo to get rejected a lot of times, um, and and it taught us how to tell stories in a concise manner.
1: Mm, like a Which like an exact
3: opposite of how I'm talking right now.
2: <laughs> oh, that's so funny! But we, I mean, we need to hear these stories because how mm. else will we know? so i do have a couple questions a couple more questions um very quickly um so when is lego going to release an official tres collection and ah! um will alexandra find a good therapist so that she can process everything homegirl needs some help <laughs>
3: um, i think the fans need to uh join lego ideas and pitch their lego uh Trese ideas to uh, to to the group um, and let's see. Um, I have seen some fans, you know, uh, put together minifigs of 13. so we don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, Therapy—that's a good question. There is um, there's a story that's been brewing in my head on what 13 does on a Sunday, mm-hmm. so we'll. If I ever get to that I hope that answers the question
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm hoping <laughs> I think we're, we're concerned for Alexandra's mental health
1: <laughs> it's it's a tough job that she's got to do yeah can can't be easy to be the the sixth the sixth <laughs>
2: child the sixth child, with the sixth child.
0: <laughs> so we all we have more questions um, <laughs> but this time it's for uh it's from our fans okay. um. We have a couple of questions for you. So uh, question number one is from at Artsticks. Am I saying that right, Gene? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, and this person's name is Tammy. Uh, Tammy was our guest last episode. Um, and Tammy is the the biggest fan in the state of Nevada and basically <laughs> the US. <laughs> um, yes. And Tammy has a question about the writing process. Um, Do you start writing ideas and bullet points in a notebook or do you type them all in a computer?
3: uh, More often than not, I start with a notebook. I write it down, I write down. And because Kajo, again, gave me the 20 page limit, that's what I would write down first on the paper. I would write down number one to 20, essentially breaking down, outlining what happens in the book. Or I would draw 20 squares or 20 comic book pages um, so that I know which pages are spreads, right? So usually it's the even and odd numbers, So two and three, four and five. So it's even and odd numbers that are spread so that I know that the reader is flipping to the next page and I can put, so uh, I can either put something that should be scary or a surprise or a twist or something like that. Um, so yeah, ra- um, and sometimes, and more often than not, it starts with uh, the, the crime scene, right? So there's a white, the white lady of Ballette Drive has been found dead. who did it and how was it done? And sometimes that's where it all starts. And I don't know, I don't know. I really don't know who did it and how it was done. And it was just piecing it together. Um, uh, and, and that's how the story evolves. Um, I mean that whole thing about the sixth child with the sixth child I didn't know she was the sixth child of the sixth child when I started this whole thing. It was just that by the time we got the book I attended a baptism and I was looking um, my, my, you know, at all of the people at the Ninong and Ninangs having their photos taken and I just went who are Ninong and Ninang ni Trese? and you know how and which we haven't revealed yet um so it could start off at a moment like that. And then it would be, uh, and yeah, and like, you know, what gifts did she get on her baptism? Because you always have to find the best gift for our ina-anak. Um, so, so yeah, so in my head, I started to list all of the things that she got for her, for her baptism. Um, and that eventually ended up in the story. Um, so I write it down. And sometimes it's very, it could either be very, uh top line so it's just one line page one they find the white lady page two and three trece talks to the nuno right you know page four and five she beats up a swan. <laughs> sometimes it could be that simple and then when i start to type it in the computer that's when i start to put in the details that's mm. when i start to put in the dialogue um and when that is done usually that's what I send off to Kajo. So I don't do, I might do a, a second pass on the typewritten script just to check if all the details are right. I send it off to Kajo, and when Kajo sends me the page, that's the third time I re, I write it. So looking at the artwork without the words on them, um, I start to figure out. You know, is this still the right thing that Teresa needs to say? Can I make it shorter? Should I make it longer? Should I add more details to it? Um, and yeah, that's usually the the three steps to writing a story. Thank
1: you. Wow. Gotta share this uh, episode out to not just other Filipinos, but to the entire comics community. That's our <laughs> literal pro tips right here. Super pro tips um, and practical pro tips.
0: And I was thinking about like how um like the writing processes like in my head and it's, sometimes it's just like here's an idea and now we're just gonna flesh it out mm. when the time comes
3: yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean again the having a deadline I mean right now we're we're working on the next book so uh more often than not it's Kajo who's who's like cracking the whip of <laughs> there's
1: gotta be somebody
2: <laughs> I wonder well we gotta figure out what's Kajo as a sign is Kajo a Virgo?
3: Yeah, oh, what's his- oh, he was, he's born, his birthday's in June. What is that?
2: Cancer? Like
0: I end think. of June? Early- we, we
1: can Wikipedia it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll Google it. <laughs> and we'll send you his astrological traits. Okay. <laughs> we'll just-
3: That's a good question. Yeah. So, uh, what is the, uh, what is this strange intersection? What's your with- sign? Yeah. Scorpio. Oh, you're totes Scorpio. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it's a good that's, that's that's an interesting question of like, yeah, I mean I've I've worked with with other uh, I mean I am currently working with other artists, but yeah, there's really something about this uh, this uh, team up with Gajo that seems to have a really nice flow.
0: Mm. Mm. Um, one last fan question. It's from at h n Goodlet, aka Nicole's wife, Heather. <laughs> Hi, Heather. Um, Heather wants to ask, what was the first comic that made you fall in love with comics um, and what comic inspired you to make your own?
3: The first comic book I wrote and drew when I was a kid was Cosmic Man. Oh, so I found a bunch of I found a bunch of you know scrap paper at I, home I, I folded it and I started to draw on them and you know, Cosmic Man had a cosmic ship and had a cosmic gun that fired a cosmic net <laughs> To catch aliens, bad aliens, and he was inspired by the cartoon Space Ghost.
1: Yeah, uh, space uh, Ghost.
3: and Space Ghost, yeah, Space Ghost, <laughs> and, and and the Batman cartoons. Uh, but I, you know, but um, yeah, and and I guess having comic books around the house is what made me think, you know, I I want to make a comic book about a, a guy that fights bad guys in space. Um, so it was cartoons that made me, you know, mm. want to make comics. Um, but I'm now trying to think back. I think one of the because we had comic books scattered around the house, whether it was usually it would be my parents who would bring home the English books and some comic books, um, and then uh our our, our drivers and the manoms in the house would bring the Tagalog comics. Wow. Uh, yung mga horror, you know, uh, Dracula. <laughs> Dracula comics. Uh, Ninja comics uh, back then. Um, I think, ah, okay, okay, okay. So there was, um, DC had reprinted the, the origin stories of their heroes and villains uh, in digest size. So it was, mm-hmm. it, it was like an Archie's Digest. So so as a kid, I had these two books that just talked about the secret origins of almost the top tier characters from DC um, and some characters I've never even heard of. Uh, but I guess that, that the template of uh, ordinary person, extraordinary event Gets powers and, you know, uh, becomes superhero became became the template in my head because that's what they kept doing. They just kept repeating that yeah. formula, right? Marvel also roughly did the same thing. Uh, and that was the other set of books that I had. So, yeah, so I had a DC Origins book and a Marvel's Origins book. And I think those are the two books that, and, and back in the early 80s, there was no comic book store in Manila that regularly brought in um, comic books so it was only maybe mid or late 80s that Phil Bars uh, opened uh, and Phil Bars was the first comic book store that brought in comics from the US on a weekly basis uh, so yeah so early on I was just stuck rereading those four books and I think that's what got me into like get you know falling in love with the medium um, you know I've I've written I've written short stories I've written uh, one or two you know screenplays that never got anywhere um, for contests but yeah I keep going back to writing comics
1: wow I mean I think it, the p- really cool part for me and listening to that was that Um, comics are such a norm like for adults too while you were a kid like I wish I wish that was still like really a thing like hey the pizza guy also reads comics the mailman reads comics like that's so great it's so beautiful all right we're gonna go into our recs so it could be of anything anything that you find useful um, or fun Um, all right what's your top three recs budget and then we will tell you ours can you go first <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll have Nicole go
2: first <laughs> yeah. yeah so um my three recs um are um so i you know in doing my research on kuya budget <laughs> i watched episode 24 of comics mm-hmm. on youtube and that um was really oh. informative for me as someone who is really an outsider to like pinoy comics and like the history of pinoy comics Um, So that was a really good starting point. It was a really good, um, it was really cool to to hear the story of um, you just meeting a bunch of other comic folks Mm, and just making a collective, like that's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say that the 52 minute mark (laughs) is about my favorite part where uh, um, you talk about how much of a bad editor you would be or how you are a bad editor y'all will just have to watch it because it's yes it's it's really it's just such a (laughs) organic um conversation um my second recommendation is the song Hatting Gabi by The Bed Bites um Mm. I would say that that song is just the melody of it is pretty much like an antidepressant Mm. like it will make you feel good no matter no matter what um, and then my third recommendation is for folks to pick up your trash when you're hiking, mm-hmm. um, or else I don't know, like a duende is going to get you or something. I hope they
3: do.
0: <laughs> I hope they do.
3: You know, I know, really we, eat that yep, trash. Yep, yep. We should we should uh, spread that story. That's what's going to happen.
2: That's for <laughs> the. That's for like the eco <laughs> eco the, agenda. The, the eco agenda is. <laughs> <laughs> the duende have um have a movement to get people to clean up after themselves yeah
1: they ultimately <laughs> save us from climate change and we can think the yes. duende from that. yes. that's
0: a great idea
1: daniel what's tell budge your rex
0: um so i recently read a comic book by um a filipino uh graphic novelist it's called lola um by jay torres um I believe it's about, so just like a quick setting. Um, I believe it was the Lola who passed away and the family mm-hmm. had to go back to the Philippines. But then in the Lola's house, um, it's like haunted. Oh, it's a ghost story, right? It's a ghost story, yes. Um, but that's all I'm going to say. And there's mm-hmm. a shoebox that's, um, you know, like included in this. Um yeah if y'all are in the Las Vegas area, it is in currently the Whitney library because Mm -hmm. I read it and returned it there. So if you (laughs) want to, um, if you want to borrow it, please make sure you put it on hold. So it gets delivered to your library. Um, Number two, um, Duolingo. I've been, um, I've been learning some Korean. Okay. Um, I, I, i was learning korean when i was in college and i kind of just dropped it because finals week and then i just didn't pick it back up um but now i'm like practicing korean but for five minutes like 15 minutes a day and i know how to say (laughs) but later on i will learn how to say apples are delicious but i'm not at that level yet um (laughs) and then i was going to talk about notion but i might save that for another day um my third rec is for all of you to search up Trece Kambal fan art. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. one thing that I really, really liked is this like multilingual pun. Because I mean, like the Kambal already have very, very nice hair. And at the top of this, like uh, one of the fan art that I saw on, on Google, it's the Kambal with really, really nice hair. And at the top, it says Trece Me. <laughs> like the shampoo
2: thank filipinos are just on top of the pun games
1: <laughs> it's true it's a fact it's a fact all right i'll share my three and then um will go so i wanted to just share other cool comics that are filipino related um one locally made was petro and the flea king by ken Lamug, and it's um Kind of living in the province, but I really like it because it's good for um, people who are nonverbal. So, um, yeah, it, it, uh, my friend brought it to the classroom, and it was, it, <laughs> and it was, um, it was really received well by uh, folks with autism. And then. Um, Whirlwind Wonderland by Rena Ayuyang. Um, that one's really good. It's a little anthology, and she does have some Filipino stories in there. And one of my personal favorites—it's always sold out—from Canada is Duran Duran, Amelda Marcos, and Me by Lorena Mappa. Um, it's always freaking sold out, and I think it's sold out because it really talks about that time um, releasing ourselves from martial law in a fun Duran Duran '80s way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, Pajay, it's your turn for three anything three wrecks before yeah. we. What was the title of the comic book you
3: mentioned? At, at You're um, number
1: one. Uh, number one Pe- Petro and the Flea King.
3: And the Fleet King?
1: Yeah, the Fleet so King.
3: published in, in the US? Yes, yes, yes. Oh.
1: And we put all these on our show notes too, and we will make sure oh. that you have access to these links
3: too. Okay, okay. See, now, now I'm pressured to like say something that's not about comics. But but yeah, really great suggestions from, from, from I mean, recommendations for, for everyone. Um, but yeah, the first would be um, uh, penlab.inc is a website. Um, and it's now has like what? Is it like 300? I'm not sure. 300 uh, titles. Um, so penlab.inc is a came about because of lockdown and Mm -hmm. a bunch of comic book creators thought, you know, let's make a website for ourselves. And they also thought, why should we limit it to ourselves? Let's open this up to other creators and uh, Trece is part of it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, for anyone Mm -hmm. who, uh, I mean, if, if if you're looking for stuff other than Trece and, you know, that are of the similar type of stories, or just looking for Filipino stories in general, I think penlab.inc uh, Inc. Nice. is a great place to start. Um, some of the comic books there uh, are available in printed form, so I think you can then order. Nice. I just don't know about shipping, uh, but yeah, you know they've got uh, complete stories on PenLab. Um, the other one is. Do uh, I have it here? Yes, I do. Um, so this is—it's a book called Sound, mm. Sound a Comics Anthology, and it's published in Singapore by a company, a new publishing company called the Difference Engine. Um, I am—I co-edited this with Charis Locke, Charis Lok, uh, who is a Malaysian artist, um, and it contains stories from Southeast Asia. Wow! Throw my money at <laughs> it. I, I, yeah, I, I do wish, um, so, so far it's only being distributed in uh, Singapore and Malaysia. No! But it's in, in Comicsology. So okay, you okay. Can download, you can download the Comixology, but I do hope, um, I know, I think they're, they, they're trying to find ways to get distribution elsewhere. But um, I think they're also growing their library of comic books. Um, so it has and the simple prompt is obviously sound and that's what I found intriguing when they said we want you to edit a comic book about sound and, and I said wow this is going to be interesting because it's uh, you know it's, it, it's, a, it's going to be on paper right um, so we ended up with uh, there were over like 200 entries but we had to trim it down uh, and we ended up with stories from the Philippines Singapore Malaysia Indonesia um is there one from Thailand but you know we I think I think one of the contributors but did not get in we even got uh contributors from Myanmar and Vietnam Uh, Uh, but we really had to cut it down Uh,
1: we gotta know how to help you get that we are just we are too thirsty for your content i don't know what we have to do start a petition get some uh pre -pre pre-orders i don't know but we gotta talk you know what i mean like we gotta make this happen i'm tired of waiting for forever i'm tired of waiting for permission from netflix for you to give me this content there's only so much
2: that tammy can do like like, tammy just yeah
3: here's the fun if you take a look at it right so um charis is the one who drew the cover and she decided and you know to her i said oh you drew a sari sari store and she said oh that's uh," and they have a different term for it in in malaysia so it just made it made me realize that you know in southeast asia we all have the corner store. Yes. Right? We, we, that's where people gather. That's where you get, you know, your daily whatever, you know, whether it's, a, I need to buy a sachet of shampoo to, I need to buy pandesal, right? You you all go to the corner store and it, it, it's what made me think, you know, we are neighboring islands and we have so much in common except we, yeah, for whatever reason, we're not taking notice of, what is happening in Malaysia? What is yeah. happening in Indonesia? Uh, you know, I can, I can tell you, I can tell you, uh, you know, my top 10 favorite American artists, my top 10 manga artists, my top 10 European artists, I cannot name you a comic book artist from mm. Malaysia or Indonesia. And we're neighbors. So I think it's a great start by the difference engine to, to, to bridge uh, the islands.
1: Um, And anyone who's listening to this, if you really feel strongly about getting this content, send us a DM, send us a testimonial (laughs) so we can get this movement going. Um, And you have a third, uh, do you have a third
3: recommendation? The third one one is a book, and I was trying to figure out, can I recommend something else? Um, um, Well, the... Uh, I'll cheat and I'll, I'll give you a third one and I'll, and I'll toss in a fourth one lastly. But the third one is Manila Noir. And I don't know if you've picked that up uh, yeah. <laughs> and again, I think, you know, if you love the vibe of Tresse, then please pick up Manila Noir. It's available from Akashic Press uh, in the U.S. Um, and it's uh, and again, you know, and of course, I'm promoting is so in there. Um, but if they uh, uh, what do you call this? Uh, Jessica Hagedorn, who edited it, put together thirteen interestingly, thirteen authors. Uh, w- you know, everything set in Manila. You know, a mix of crime stories and a mix of noir stories, mm-hmm. of uh, funny stories about drug use, uh, and you know. Um, so so yeah, I mean, if you if you love that detect that that detective noir vibe of Trece. There are these other stories in Manila Noir, right. uh, and my fourth thing that I will insert is to you know uh, please pick up uh, a Lego set today <laughs> 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 and build something. I mean that's that's also uh, an I mean um, you know, that, that it's it's a, when when I play with Lego with my kid that's the break that's my break in between work and in between writing. So sometimes that's that's what you need. You know, whatever passion project you're working on, uh, sometimes you mm. need to take a break and not think of it. Some people take a shower. Some people go for a walk. Uh, you know, maybe build something. You don't have to follow the instructions. <laughs> but build, build something fun, I guess, is my recommendation.
1: Wow, dropping some wisdom. Any last words from our co-host before we sign off with our? celebrity slash new friend
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know i like feel like i'm dreaming like yeah. this is <laughs> mm-hmm. something that we would just normally see just on like youtube we you know we just can't believe that we're in conversation with you and mm-hmm. i i cannot say enough about how much say is just how like the impact of reading say when like we don't really have media that reflects our culture, that's just so like easily accessible to us. Um, and say, it's just doing so much for me. Like the, um, you know, I we get a little more from reading the graphic novels after we watch the show. Um, but it's like a, I guess like a gateway drug to other like <laughs> Filipino uh, media. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it's like a, a really. Smart and lovely way to reconnect, where, um, you know, like that stuff is just not so easy for us to find out
1: here. So, mm-hmm. thank you for your passion project. Yes, um, I, I, you know, I grew up watching TFC, and it was always, I always saw a Filipina who had to be romantically involved um, as a protagonist. Mm-hmm. And you have given me in my late adult life. Um, a reason to see somebody who just gets the job done and um, that is so empowering <laughs> even as a kid at heart or as a adult in this life like and it's it's doable and uh, I'm just so happy your work exists. Um, and I'm so happy at people who will have the opportunity to enjoy your existing work.
0: Um, I'd like to second what Jean and Nicole have already um, have already shared. And I'm seeing, I'm going, I'm going to say this uh, in the lens of like a, a an English teacher. I truly just appreciate how much, um, you know, like Tres has done for like the Filipino community too, because like we do, we have like these stories that like or people have stories about like Filipinos, whereas like Tresse is like completely kind of just like shaking it up, um, and and really like changing like our narrative and making sure our narrative is like our narrative is being heard. Um, I truly appreciate that. And also I'm just like very excited to potentially bring in the comics into like my Mm -hmm. class and definitely in my library.
1: Right. Again, thank you so much for being a real person to show up to our show. Um, Hope you have a happy Saturday as we live in the past Mm -hmm. of Friday. (laughs) (laughs) So this is Jean. This is Nicole. Oh, and this is Daniel.
2: And this is a voice podcast? Yes. And <laughs> <To laughs> magically, magically
1: disappointed <laughs> parents. And this outro. <laughs> <laughs>